I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I like Devin Bush. I like him a lot. I like him as a player. I like what I'd gotten to know of him face-to-face as a rookie. I like his smarts. I like his signal calling. I like his speed. I like his savvy. I like his energy. I like his potential, his trajectory. He's going to be a very, very good player in the NFL. But I am here on this Tuesday morning to attempt to find a graceful way to let everyone know that the Steelers' defense will not fall apart without him. Is it okay to say that? Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this, the newly reborn DK Sports Radio podcasting network. It's Steelers versus Titans this coming Sunday, 1.02 p.m. Eastern Time. Down in Nashville, the NFL's only got three unbeaten teams left, all 5-0. and That would be the Steelers, Titans, and the Seahawks, and two of those three will be right there on the field at Nissan Stadium. Should be a lot of fun. The week after that will be fun. It's Steelers and Ravens. There's going to be a lot of fun left the rest of the way. There could be a lot of winning happening the rest of the way. I would expect that there will be. And I would think that a lot of this would be very, very obvious. But then I see a headline on ESPN's website just yesterday describing the Bush injury as representing, and I quote directly, an incalculable loss, end quote, for this defense. And I had the same reaction I'm betting you just did when you heard me use that term. Like, what? Really? Seriously? Incalculable loss? Um, there's got to be a way for me to pull this off without sounding like I'm disrespecting the kid. But there probably isn't. So how about if I just skip past the part where I worry about you know, tiptoeing and hurting anybody's feelings or whatever, and just basically say it like it is. First, to repeat, Bush's trajectory is meaningful. 
and it's going to be meaningful to the Steelers for many years. I think they made a good pick. I think they made a good move to rise up 10 spots in that draft and get Bush at 10th overall. And I think it's going to pay off in the future. I don't know that it was doing that right now in 2020 in such a way that you could view his absence as being an incalculable loss. I could get into statistics and say, look, the Steelers have played five games. He's made 26 tackles, which is second on the team behind Mike Hilton. It's not bad. It's not good. It's not whatever. The inside linebacker position has changed so much over the years that anybody who remembers the days of LeVon Kirkland or Hardy Nickerson or whoever having all the tackles funneled their way, and therefore they would end up with 10, 12, 15 tackles in a game, this isn't that. So I wouldn't hold the stats against him. One pass defensed, one sack, which actually were two half sacks, including the one he had Sunday. and a tackle for a loss. Um, He wasn't generating splash. Last week on this program, I came to his defense because people were criticizing him and saying, "Where's what's the problem? Where is Devin Bush? They were kind of lumping him in with Minka Fitzpatrick, and I didn't want to do that because I saw Minka playing very passively and not performing all that well. Obviously, he steps up, gets the big 33-yard pick six Sunday against the Browns to get things going. Bush had some splash to his game early on as a rookie and then not so much as the season went along. He's a more polished player than most rookies are, so he understands strategy and where he's supposed to be, and he does it really well. There's a reason the Steelers are one of the best teams in the NFL at preventing the other team from throwing to their running back. It's because the other team is worried about Devin Bush, his ability to cover, his ability to track if that completion is made. If you think about it, any team that blitzes as much as the Steelers do and nobody does it more than they do is going to leave itself susceptible theoretically to screen passes, to dump-offs, to draws. The reason that the Steelers largely get away with it is because they've had Bush. So I'm not going to judge him just by his statistics, but I'm also not going to take these intangibles and add them up to somehow equate to incalculable loss. I don't see that, I don't gauge that, and I don't feel it. I don't feel it. When I watch the Steelers' defense, I don't think to myself, man, they just couldn't function without 55 out there doing his thing. I'm not saying they'll be better without him, but I'm also not saying that they'll be worse or markedly worse. Here's why. In 2020, the way the NFL is structured, in particular the defenses, so much is about sub-packages. So much is about rotating people on and off the field, keeping them fresh, using them in different applications, uh, 
using them in faux settings where the quarterback thinks you're out there on the field to do one thing, but you're actually moving to do something else. Having that dynamic inside linebacker in the spirit, in the mold of Ryan Shazier, who we all thought was that was crazy when they got Shazy out of Ohio State because here he came built like a safety. The Steelers actually needed a safety at the time, and you're wondering what are they doing? He's not gonna he's not gonna hold up at inside linebacker. And then you saw all the different things that he could do, all the different weapons that he had, that ridiculous athleticism, the nose for the football. And you thought, wow, maybe they're onto something here. Not suggesting that the Steelers pioneered the, the speedy inside linebacker or the linebackers who drop into coverage, but Shazier came along and it was just this riveting example in that regard. And when he went down, he wasn't replaced. He couldn't be replaced. And the Steelers' defense as a whole at the time couldn't come close to making up for what they lost in Ryan Shazier. I think Shazier was a better football player than Devin Bush. Maybe someday that won't be correct, but I feel that way now. I know, no opinion here, fact, I know that this Steelers defense in general is way better than the one that we saw that night in Cincinnati with Artie Burns as your starting corner. So there's the layer of who's the player that would be the hardest to replace, but which is the defense that's best equipped to make up for him. To me, this defense is eminently capable of making up for Devin Bush. It could happen through... The obvious, and I know a lot of people are fixated on Robert Spillane right now because he plastered the one dude and had some, you know, had a handful of tackles, had a nice second half. We don't know that that's the right fit. We just don't. We don't know that Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert and Keith Butler are going to be sitting around in a room going, maybe we should just change up this whole defense right now. I, I don't think they will. I think they're going to be looking for Ulysses Gilbert to be the one to ultimately step up, or at least to take the majority of the snaps, because he's the player who is the most like Devin Bush, meaning in their styles, in their traits. It's like if you were scanning a bunch of wide receivers uh, out of nowhere looking to replace Antonio Brown, because that's the way your offense was scripted, you'd go and get Deontay Johnson. Does that make sense? You're looking for someone who's got that style, who's got that skill set. I don't want to make Ulysses Gilbert's training camp that I covered out to be more than it was, but he was very, very good. There were days at Heinz Field where he was the best performer on the field defensively. And he was that in part because he was covering so much ground. Why didn't he get a hat through the first, uh, through most of the first five games, all but one? He wasn't the best choice on special teams. That's it. it, it it's never more than that. It's not about who would replace a linebacker if a linebacker goes down. It's always about your most likely usage. And your most likely usage, if you're a spare part in an NFL game, is on special teams. That's always going to be the tiebreaker. That's why Spillane got in there. 
and that's why Gilbert didn't. I could see the Steelers starting out with Spillane because he was out on the field on a Sunday in a stadium to sound like Tomlin here, and he made an immediate impact. So maybe he's going to have a, a better comfort level than Gilbert will, who, again, wasn't even dressing. But I think you're going to see the Steelers gradually move toward Gilbert. But that's not even the only option that they have. Terrell Edmonds can play closer to the line of scrimmage. We already saw him doing some of that on Sunday, if you noticed. He'll come up there. He tackles. He doesn't let people pass him. Um, He's got that pedigree to him. He's not a great center fielder, which is why a lot of fans ride him. Uh, although he actually had a really good coverage game on Sunday. But he'll make the plays that you need up at the line of scrimmage. Don't think too much about this coming week. This coming week, the Steelers' number one, two, and three priorities defensively are to stop Derrick Henry. That's going to involve run-stopping linebackers. That's going to be really, really, really put onto Vince Williams' shoulders. Uh, And he'll take that challenge and embrace it. Oh, my goodness. But that might also be where Spillane is a better fit than Gilbert, so it really doesn't matter all that much for this coming week. But after that, I'm sorry, don't tell me that the Steelers can't replace 26 tackles of pass defense, uh, a half sack here or there, Uh, Bush might become that player who is incalculably valuable to an offense someday. You know, Bush might become that player who's incalculably valuable to a defense someday. He might. He's going to be good. He isn't that now. He just isn't. The Steelers will be just fine we come back, some baseball. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Go Dodgers. Just just go Dodgers. I don't know what I don't even remember what the chant is out there. It's been a while since I've covered a game in LA. Is it let's go Dodgers or go Dodgers, go whatever it is, go Dodgers. Game one of the World Series is tonight in Arlington, Texas, between the Dodgers, owners of Major League Baseball's highest payroll, and the Rays, owners of a payroll that's pretty much right in the Pirates range. And there's every tendency to want to root for the Rays. I mean, they're a really likable team. They're so sound fundamentally. Uh, beautiful to watch in the field. Old school ball. Uh, they're not just about 
uh, the analytics and being the brainiacs of the bunch, although they certainly have a lot of smarts working in their favor, uh, they don't just pile up on base percentage and see where it leads. Uh, they've got some ball players and two-way ball players. Fun to watch. I'll tell you what won't be fun to watch if the Rays win. This portion of Daily Shot is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. LGKG represents people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. When they make you a promise, they keep it. They've been keeping promises there for over 80 years. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City, and you can learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. It's Tyler Glass now against Clayton Kershaw. Uh, amazingly, given Kershaw's bizarre postseason record, Glass now goes in as the heavy favorite, at least in game one, you'd have to think. Regardless, regardless, you can't have the Rays win this thing. You just can't. It won't help anyone. Baseball needs a salary cap. The last thing baseball needs is a team barely spending anything and winning the World Series because it will be held up and used as an example through these negotiations that will take place in 2021 amid all this previous rancor from the coronavirus time back and forth that we saw that looked like it was going to crush baseball between the way the owners, the commissioner, and the players association were behaving. I was saying all through that that this was all ideal. You needed to get the owners to band together. You needed to get them losing money. You needed to get them finding a common cause and an understanding that through salary cap, through a true salary cap system, meaning the whole kit, that means a floor, that means revenue sharing, it means everything. Sometimes people hear salary cap and they think of a luxury tax system where you're just telling people that they can't spend more than this. That's not how salary caps work. That's not how they work in any other sport, and they're in every other sport. In all of those sports, a cap system comes with a floor. There's never more than $20 million of space between the cap and the floor. So the idea of how, oh, they might, if you're Bob Nutting, he won't spend more than that, or he, you know, uh, the Pirates will never spend up to the cap. Wouldn't matter. If, if your salary cap is at 170 and your floor is at 150, everybody's basically spending the same amount of money once you factor injuries into it. And you won't even know the owner's names anywhere in the game. You won't know or care that Bob Nutting exists because he won't be a variable, at least not in terms of payroll. This is there to be had unless something comes along 
to screw it up. Why? Because the complicit Major League Baseball media, and I almost can't even describe them any other way, and by that I'm referring to the national guys, the ones that are writing for ESPN and so forth, that have been around a long time, they spend way too much time at the bigger revenue facilities covering the bigger revenue teams because that's where free agency happens. That's where the most notable trades happen. So that's where they're breaking the stories. It kind of makes sense. Whereas in the NFL, you have just as much a chance of breaking a big story with the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, even though they're based in like North Versailles, as compared to New York, as you do anywhere else. Baseball, if you're a national baseball writer or a reporter, regardless of the the type of medium, you make your living by covering the teams that are the most active and the most successful. Well, in baseball's ridiculously imbalanced economics, that's always going to be the New York, L.A., Chicago teams, you're going to have a blip on the radar like the Tampa Bays, like the Royals a few years ago, like the Marlins like 20 years ago. That's going to happen. But for the most part, you can get away with staying in a comfort zone of just covering a handful of teams. And that becomes okay. Like, you just think that's the natural order of things. I remember a writer for one national outlet, whose name I'm going to leave out of this because I really, really, really like the guy, wrote something about a prominent free agent that was out there on the market and said, now that player belongs in New York. That's just the kind of player that needs to be in New York for the good of the game. And I thought, what? What? The good of the game? Because it's good and healthy to have a, a, you know, star presences in New York. Because that's just the world that we live in. That's how it goes. He should either be with the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Dodgers. That's how they think. They just get very, very comfortable with that. And because they don't cover other leagues, they, which they don't, they don't ever get to experience what it's like in leagues that have fairness and balance and salary caps. So they think all of this is just perfectly fine. So when a cute team comes along, like the Rays, the inclination is to say, hey, all you people who were complaining about salary caps and whatever, look, you don't need that. You don't need that. All you had to do was this. You know, you just had to be smart, and you'll get your chance. And, you know, if you scrape and claw, you can make it, which completely misses the point. And it'll completely miss the point further if the Dodgers, again, don't win the World Series because the Dodgers are now participating in the World Series for the third time in four years. That's what the money gets you. You just get more chances. Because when you lose these players, these wonderful players that you've developed, and they go somewhere else, you just replace them. You just go out and say, oh, wait, we lost 
so-and-so guy, well, it's time to just go and get somebody else. It's not a process of waiting another few years or hoping that your minor league system and your draft system and your Latin American system never, ever, ever miss. Never take a year off. They're playing a different game. And as a result, they get all these chances. And when you get that many chances and you knock on the door that often, eventually you're going to get through. You're going to push through. The Rays won't. I promise you that. If the Rays don't win this World Series, I mean, they'll still be whatever competitive and everything. But someone else will pay attention to what they're doing and what their secrets are and everything else, and they'll all get smart the way they did by imitating the Oakland A's and other teams along the way that got smart and tried to make do with a little bit of money. And you know who else figures that out in a hurry? The Yankees and the Dodgers, because they'll end up coming along and hiring those people away because they have more money. Oh, wait, the Rays are smarter than our guys? Okay, let's hire the Rays guys. don't want the Rays to win this. Just don't. When we come back, a hockey thing mixed in with some baseball. Welcome back. I just want to take the, the final segment today to wish congratulations and the very best, warmest wishes I can come up with to my friend Mike Emmerich, the greatest hockey announcer the United States has known. No hyperbole, no favoritism, no just because I know the guy. If you say that he isn't that, then you have to come back with another name and you won't have one. You just won't. Doc is what he is and who he is. This portion of Daily Shot is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. Their mission is feeding people in need, eliminating hunger in our region. Visit growsharethrive.org to read up on their latest drive. It's not going to last forever, and it's a good opportunity if you've considered giving to the food bank now is the time for every ten dollars there's a five dollar match and one dollar is all it takes to provide enough food for up to five meals mike emmerich or doc as everyone has known him uh is one of those people who he makes you feel special even when you're not uh he makes you feel important even when you're not uh, there's a personal touch to everything that he's done. It would and could have been so easy for him to be that nose-in-the-air type who comes in, you know, with the massive NBC crew into your town and uh, calls in a bunch of favors and has all kinds of special arrangements made for him the way I've seen with some other national announcers. Doc would show up for the morning skate just like everybody else sit in the seats, watch both teams intently, talk shop 
with whoever. It, it wasn't esta- just established reporters. It wasn't just, uh, you know, the older guys, the veterans that he'd known for a lot of years. He'd find new ones. He'd introduce himself, which would the, always made for a crazy scene. Like, hi, I'm Mike Cameron. You know, this person's going, well, uh, yeah, I kind of know. <laughs> so Doc would ask you questions about you. When DK Pittsburgh Sports launched, one of the first people to reach out to me the day that it did was Doc. Bought a three-year subscription, original lunatic. Now, he had a personal stake in that. A lot of you know that he's also one of the most obsessive Pirates fans in existence. And he made that clear, that this was not a gesture of kindness or charity. He expected me to do my diligence in, in tracking his buckos for him. And I'd hear from him at all different times of the day in different ways, expressing angst over this move or that move or this loss or that win or whatever it was. But he'd do that for everybody. I'm not anything remotely special in this regard, and I don't feel that way. Um, We can talk until we're blue in the face about his literally unique way of describing action, the verbiage that he'd use, the way he would weave stories somehow into descriptions of the world's fastest sport, into the passion that he exhibited even from the makeshift studio that NBC built in his home in Michigan to remotely broadcast this past Stanley Cup final. at the Tampa Bay Lightning one. Uh, he's, he's special. And here's what I hope for Doc more than anything else here. And I texted him to this effect yesterday after his announcement. More than anything, I hope he sees his buckos succeed. I hope he does. I hope that for anyone that's older in particular, Uh, because every time you hear about, you know, they're going to go young, they're going to, you know, rely on the draft and build up and whatever, um, it's easy for some fans to say, hey, that's, that's definitely the right approach. That's the way to go. That's what the Rays did. That's what the A's did. That's what, you know, whoever did. And it sounds good. But the fact of the matter is when you're getting up in years, and your favorite team in any sport, whatever that happens to be, hasn't won in a long time. Never mind, you know, since 1979. You run out of patience. You run out of understanding. And I know the conversations that I've had with Doc countless times about the state of the Pirates. He never really wants to hear about so-and-so in the minor leagues. He, he doesn't want to hear who's you know, who's killing it in Altoona or even Indianapolis if they're close by. He wants to know what's happening on the field. He wants to know who this guy is that, you know, that's that's here in Pittsburgh now or who the Pirates could get at the trade deadline. He looks at the Pirates as being that team that's right there in front of him. And I get that. I, I understand that. I respect it and I appreciate it. I also understand that 
in baseball is ridiculous. Imbalance. The best way to win is that long vision way, but there's long vision and then there's 41 years. I hope, I hope Doc gets his wish. I really do. I also hope to see him in Bradenton and at PNC Park years to come and knowing him he won't be able to stay away thanks so much for listening to this and again congratulations to doc your front door your car your gym locker your gun Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.